This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What is... Oof. Uh, what you had a problem crackage. with? What is? I had a I had a crack in is. I didn't even hear the it. Second fucking word. <laughs> what is up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life, right, Barry? Hey, man, I'm here. If you ever want to talk about it, are you there? Yeah. We, I need to talk, dude. We're gonna need to talk tonight. My phone's always open because I'm struggling. It's sad. <laughs> it is a what am i doing man i don't know you're really dr- bringing this really thing, laying uh, it kicking this thick. off very negative tone <laughs> there's nothing to be negative about right now we've lost 21 of 24 and we're right where we need to be <laughs> we've lost nine straight at home we're we, we got the league where we want Do not we're gonna talk about it in the show but don't believe all this nonsense coming out in the papers all right it's, it's this is exactly what we want to be doing it is a hard Nick's life. We're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Google Play. It's always hard to get Google Play out, Barry. Is it? And I do say your name way too much, so I'm going to try to cut back on this, on yeah. that in this show, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. Barry, Barry, Barry. Enough. Please subscribe, leave some reviews, and also try to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to www.itsahardnickslife.com. Or just search for us on YouTube. It works really well. Other than the fucking fact that every time you search It's a Hard Knicks Life, it takes you to It's a Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z, right? Do you have that problem, Barry? Uh, you don't even know. More about that later coming know. up. <laughs> oh, right. Barry has this whole fucking spiel he wants to do about autocorrect. Dude, why are you fucking giving away this fucking <laughs> shit? Yeah, because that's what I feel like doing. It's one of those days. I'm cold. We're not even doing the Dash Radio thing. You recognize that? You notice that? On purpose? Do you recognize that? On purpose we're not doing it? Yeah. I'm over it. I mean, you can hear us on Dash Radio, but... <laughs> but you're not going to well, What it. do I need to say it for it every fucking week? No. I mean, people aren't going to go ridiculous. there to find us. The whole thing is, like, if they happen to catch us on there, they know the other places to hear us, I think. Right. But we're not... If they're already yeah, hearing no, us yeah. on... None of our listeners are going to go to are going to get that app to listen to us only at a certain time every week. It's right. fucking stupid. Right. The point is people that happen to be listening to that channel on Dash Radio know where else to find us. So yeah, right. and you and already mentioned ever- all those places. And if they're listening to us already on there, they know where that we're on there. Yeah, no offense Dash Radio. No offense to Dash. We I'm love the pretty- Dash Radio listeners. You know what I was thinking about doing on the last week's show? Um just doing a totally separate episode for Dash where it's just me rambling on about whatever just to see if they notice. <laughs> like if they were like oh what was up with that show last week yeah it wasn't even about basketball like i'm pretty sure that they don't even check to hear what what we're talking about it's a very good chance because like there were some times <laughs> where like it was up against the clock that you had to get a show in and like you snuck it in just under the wire and they were they played it they aired it right well this has gone on way too long barry it's a long this intro is... and i'm not saying yeah. the episode because i might be wrong <laughs> Because it's been so fucking long since we've done oh. one. It's been like it's over been a week. It's been like eight days. 
Just like how many days the Knicks had only one game in. All right. This is season two. Barry, give it a shot. Episode 28? 27. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Russ from Sydney, Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve here. This is Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, Max? You Gucci? <laughs> it tonight. What? Gucci? Yeah, you Gucci? I'm Gucci. Is that, what does that fucking mean? It's like, you Gucci. good? You good? Oh, is that really what that means? Yeah, you Gucci. I don't have to. Yeah, you know what? I'm fucking Gucci. Nice. We are number two in the tank standings, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we haven't won in a long time. Right? Yeah, but I'm I'm Long Zen. Time. I'm Zen. You're, I'm good with it's that. It's fine. Yeah. Are you really fine though? This is hard. This is hard to stomach right now. A little bit. I mean it just because like we know what we want to happen and we think we're laying the groundwork for that shit to happen, but we don't know if it's gonna happen. And we don't know where we're gonna fall in the lottery. Right? And we don't know right. if any free agents are gonna come. And what happens if we get screwed again in the lottery? And what happens if no free agents want to come? And then we're like in the same position next year that we were this year. And meanwhile, like in my head, I've gotten it like, okay, okay, the 2019 season, <laughs> the 2019 season, that's going to be the season. And it's like, you know, we still need shit to go our way. And as we know, shit usually doesn't go our way. Right. You're like, we're going to get Zion. If we don't get Zion, we're going to get Barrett. If we don't get Barrett... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Ja Morant. Right. If we don't get one of those fucking three, I don't know what we're going to fucking do. Right. But we're going to get Kevin Durant. We're still going to get Kevin Durant. There's still a chance that Kyrie is coming, even <laughs> though he says he's not leaving Boston. And then if we, like, say Kyrie does come, then I'm going to have it fucking in the back of my head like, oh, my God, he's going to get injured. Oh, my God, he's not going to well, get any playing time. Like, But that's <laughs> another whole set of problems to have. Well, those are the things you worry about when you actually have good players playing. When Porzingis was healthy, that's all I thought about every game was like, just please don't get injured. Every time he goes up, please don't get injured. Yeah. Then he fucking got injured. Doesn't do you any good. What happens if we never get good and the Nets just... Are the Nets going to overtake this city, Barry? <laughs> are they going to overtake this city? That's impossible. Stefan Bondi, dude. Who, I don't know. Were you blocked by him? <laughs> no. Why would I you be blocked, were blocked by, by him? him? Because most Knicks fans on Twitter seem to have been blocked by maybe him. ones that go right at him, you know. Maybe he's thin skin yeah, well, like that, and he does well, that. But I he's was not one block of those, me. and many of us were blocked. And then all of a sudden, he unblocked us all in one fell swoop hmm. this past week, Barry. Why? Why? I, he wanted you to see the shit that he had to say. Because the Nets are fucking seem to be good. Or at least average, which in our city is great. (laughs) And the Knicks banned him. He needs us. But 
I'm going to say fuck Bondi, Barry. Fuck him. He dumped us. He dumped all of us. Because he didn't think he needed us. He didn't want to hear us. He couldn't handle us. He didn't want to hear what we thought. But now that motherfucker wants us back in his life. He wants us back, Barry. Fuck him. I want to enjoy this rebuild without Stefan Bondi. Ruining the whole thing. Pretending like we're not supposed to be fucking tanking. Like we're supposed to be good this season, Barry? Look, here I'm saying fucking Barry over and over again. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Here I go again. But just no. like every fucking show. But we get it. We understand the plan. We're cool with it. But, what, were we expecting to make the playoffs this season? Psh, hell no. Hell no. Youngest roster in the NBA. Damn straight. Bondi's acting like we're underperforming. He tweeted out the back page of the Daily News from this past week when the Nets, like, I mean, they've been playing great. Sure. But that the Nets are the only basketball show in town and this is their chance to shine. Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. And then he had the nerve to tweet out. Did you see his tweet about Chris Stapps? Mm-hmm. Very funny. Stefan Bondi. Every time I say his name, it just doesn't sit well, Barry. Stefan, Stefan Bondi. Tweets out. Should I even, should I pull up the exact tweet? Because it was, it was a disgusting tweet. It was sick. It was like, it was psychotic, I think. Did you think, do you know what I'm talking about, Barry? I mean, you're sitting there awfully quiet because well, it made me sick to my stomach. It, it didn't strike that type of chord with me. I mean, it was a jab, but I mean, the way you're describing it, it was like a knockout blow. Let me pull it up. Now, if, I mean, you think I should, you'd think I would be ready for this, right? Yeah, you're a little un- underprepared <laughs> almost, but that's okay. That's all right. Just talk while I look this up. Okay. Well, we do. Well, while you look that up, we're going to play a little chicken in the egg game because I'm curious. So you're. Okay. Let, you let, know what? Fuck the, fuck let, the chicken in the egg. Okay. Go ahead. So, Bondi, I'm not. Do I need to look it up exactly? Yeah. 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 And while you do that, I'm going to ask you because you've been tweeting a lot about the Nets and going at the Nets fans, but I know they've been coming at the Knicks fans. Well, listen, most of that was the other day. I was just so bored. Right. And Twitter was so quiet. But I think I know the answer to this, but you're not going at them because like they're technically what are they a sixth if the playoffs were to begin today they'd be a sixth seed. Is that right? They're in sixth place right now. That's right. Right. So you're not going at them because like you're jealous and they're playing well. Right? It's more of a position of all these net fans coming out as few as they may be, but they're being more more vocal now about how they're the better team in New York, and you're kind of just putting them back in their place, that they're second fiddle, even if they are in sixth place. But it's not that you're jealous. They are a better team right now. Yes, but you're not jealous. I have a problem with the Nets fans. I have a problem with the writers. Oh, okay. Writing shit in a year where we know we're rebuilding. And dude, if if we were in the Nets position right now, and we were like a game over 500, sixth in the East... We would be getting shit for it that we were 
blowing the potential of getting a Zion or a Barrett. Absolutely. Just to go to the first round and get knocked out. They Absolutely. would be ripping us. And now because we're doing what everyone has said for years we should be doing, now we're hearing about how we're no longer a basketball show in the town. No one cares about us. It's about the Nets. Yeah. That's what I'm pissed about. Yeah. And and it's not and we're not tanking with a bunch of veterans either. We're taking with with a young like we mentioned before, the youngest team in the NBA. It's like the perfect scenario, especially going into the draft that we're going into. This is what we want. It's okay. Even though it's sometimes you're like, this is miserable. You got to realize that this is exactly what we all want. Here's, here's, here's what Bondi said that really set me off and actually led me to block him. I blocked him, Barry. Good for you. Because I'm not going to let him block me again. I want to be in control of this relationship. Okay. All right? Yeah. Well, let's, let's hear the, uh, the straw on the camera. He doesn't back. even know I exist, but he blocked me originally. And now he's blocked. But he wrote, Kristaps Porzingis was back, stri- was back scrimmaging at the Knicks practice facility today. And you're like, oh, oh my God. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> right? But then in, in parentheses, he writes, in street clothes and against small children to show them a good time. Like, fuck you. Why did he do that? It, 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 that he's not a real fucking professional writer. He's belittling He's writing Chris that Stapps. for one He's belittling sole you. purpose to belittle Knicks fans. To get a good little laugh at us. In street clothes and against small children. <laughs> so fuck Bondi. He's been blocked, Barry. He can no longer read my cute little tweets. <laughs> like the one I said the other day where I was like, you know, I can't... All the Nets fans were getting on me for saying that they will always be second fiddle to the Knicks. I think I wrote, even if the Knicks won zero games in a year and the Nets won the championship, 99% of this city wouldn't give a fuck. And so everyone, all the Nets fans, all like 12 of them went nuts. <laughs> and then I wrote a follow-up tweet. I, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Nets. I even have a, I have a friend who's a Nets fan. How could I hate the Nets? What but it that? didn't what go anywhere. <laughs> I told you before, Barry. <laughs> Stop pretending like you don't know. I want, I want to hear you say it again. It's like, you know how racist people usually say, like, I can't be racist. I have a black. I have a friend who's black. <laughs> I can't be anti-Nets. I have a friend who's a Nets fan. Oh, okay. Ira. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our boy Ira. Who, by the way, only became a fucking Nets fan because his house, the cable for some reason, he lived in like the same town as us. So I don't understand what kind of cable situation he had or if it was the cable before he moved. Maybe it was before he moved to our town. He grew up watching Sports Channel, not MSG. Right. And they covered the New Jersey Nets. That's right. And he didn't have access to the Knicks. So he became, that's, that's the only guy I know who's a Nets fan. Oh, he's a huge Nets fan growing up huge. on Long Island. At first, it looked like Bondi was double-dipping. He was covering both teams. But is he solely covering the Nets now? Is that what happened? Or he's just jumping shit back and forth for whatever, you know. I'm has not this sure. Soft, he like was covering the Knicks, but then, like, the Knicks banned him from... from oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so from, it's almost, I don't know. like, personal. I guess stepping into the arena. 
That's right. So I think he might still be covering them, but his access is definitely limited. Right. That's where it started. So what a move by him. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's unbelievable is that he got banned by the Knicks and then he unblocks all of the Knicks people that he blocked. Right. So he and now can, he's just toying with us. So he can just rub it in a little bit. Jam it in. Yeah. Well, you know, it got to me for a second, but no more. Good for you. Because we're right where we want to be. Nice. I was also freaking out a little bit about, you know, it's been tough since that London game. You know, we, we lost that, that, Lund, that fourth quarter in that game in London, dude, was just like, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know what Fizdale was doing. It was just bad all around. Right, that last play, why, did Fizdale, why didn't Fizdale have any of his good defensive players in for that last play? Yeah, that didn't, that didn't really And everyone compete. talked about it. Yeah. Not the only one who saw that. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't make a lot of sense, though. <laughs> there was, so if all of us saw that, why isn't Fizdell recognize that maybe Mitchell should be in, maybe Frank should be in, maybe Dotson should be in, like the only fucking guys who play any defense are not in. Well, maybe the only benefit he would that he saw in changing it up to a better defensive lineup would be that they would get a win, and he didn't really care. <laughs> you know, right? He's still, that he's still developing the players that were on the floor, right? So, Come and on, wins don't really mean win. anything. If you're going to get one win in this huge stretch of games where we are not winning, it's that, it's that one. We have a long flight back from London. And when, it's, that, when, that it's whole, on an, when it's on an international stage? It's on an international stage. You, you traveled a far way. It's a whole, like, so many days between games. It's like all that for to lose on that goaltending by Trier. Yeah. <laughs> Which was like... He it is, was just barely a goaltending, too. It, it was just barely a goaltend, but you know who leads the Knicks in goaltends? Is it any surprise? I'm going to pretend like I didn't see your notes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Alonzo Trier, he leads the Knicks in goaltends, which is true. He's got five already on the season. And usually it's a big man that's going to have goaltends, you know, because usually they're all the way up in the air and they're, you know, they're... They love padding their stat lines with blocks. So it's usually the big guys that get it. And yeah, in second place, Robinson has four goal tens. Vonley has four. Nilakina, because he's you know really active on defense, he has four. But yeah, Trier leads the Knicks with five goal tens. In fact, the leader on the Knicks all of last season has the same number of goal tens that Trier has right now. It's like Beasley and Kylo Quinn both had five last year, and Trier's already there. But, but really, again, and, I and, Fr- and Frank's at like four, right? Frank's at four. at four. Yeah, and Vaughn's at four. But I, I don't get on Trier for that either. I mean, I like his tenacity. Um, I mean, a few of those goaltends that we saw this season were on rundown, you know, block attempts. So I like right. the hustle. So I, I'm not going to get on him for that. I just, you know. I feel like Fizdale and the staff, actually, they, they talk about these chase down blocks so much. And I remember before the season, them saying like, well, Trier's had a few chase down, rundown blocks blocks in practice and it seems like i don't know i don't know if it's because we're not really trying to win games or if the players are just trying to show effort you know like they're not worried about like they're just taking a chance on these where you should probably just let it like see what happens there yeah nine times out of ten these chase down blocks only come because they got beat on the other end of the floor right. <laughs> or they turned it over on the other end of the floor so it's like cancels each other out it's a weird that's thing that's where a frank's coach... that's where frank's usually come he usually gets beat 
Yeah. And he's got those long arms that he's able to like sort of. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing for a coach to be proud of. You know, it's cool for fans to see because it's just like a, you know, it's it's one of those exciting blocks. There's usually those chase down blocks that are like off the backboard and it's, you know, just very entertaining. Right. Fizdale gave me some good news about his thoughts on the second half of the season before the game today against Oklahoma City. Right. Because there were some things that were unsettling with me for this past week and all this time between games with the whole London trip. Dude, these Frank rumors started resurfacing. All the Frank haters are resurfacing. The Dennis Smith Jr. talks. Like, I don't know why they came back into the fold because we heard them like a month ago, but those Frank and Timmy for Dennis Smith Jr. and... Wesley Matthews rumors came up. Right. And then you heard rumors that the Knicks front office was divided on Frank on the potential of Frank. And you know, we're big Frank Frank supporters. You know, I feel like I'm sick of talking about it. Right? He's 20. <laughs> he came from fucking France. We need to give him time to grow. It's like watching gr- I mean, become. unfortunately it's like watching grass grow. Is what it is. Listen. Yeah, he's not... Yes, it's like watching grass grow. Watching the Knicks is like watching grass grow. So you... (laughs) Like, why do... it's Why is it only about fucking Frank? Watching any of these guys, they're all slow to progress. Team hasn't done... Hasn't gone anywhere in years. But it's always the focus on fucking Frank. But anyway... It's always unsettled me that the Knicks front office, they never like speak out about him, you know? You just hear that they're divided on him. You hear rumors. You're, you have no idea how they feel about him. But finally, Fizdale had this to say about Frank today before the game. He said, I don't have the clip. I know it sounded like I was going to play the clip there, Barry. <laughs> oh, you're really not going to play the clip? <laughs> All I have is a really shitty sounding audio clip. Okay, so you read it. That was a really great build up for a clip. Why don't you read it in your Fizdale accent? I don't have. First of all, I don't have a Fizdale accent. Do your Fizdale accent, right? I don't have. I've never done a Fizdale accent. You want me to try to do one on the spot? I've never done one. No, I really. I think that could end up being awful. It could be. So Fizdale for the for the rest of the season, he said that Frank is going to be his backup point guard. He said he's a natural distributor. And he said he's the type of player who can help the Knicks win now and in the future, which is like, I mean, that's oh, those are the strongest words I've had, had heard Fizdale say all season about Frank. And he said something about him being like the glue for the team, right? Yes. I heard that as well, which is great. Where has he been that positive about Frank? You know, actually, one of the things I thought was the most important of what he said was that he called him his backup point guard. And some Knicks fans could be like, oh, fuck, he should be starting instead of Moutier. But, dude, at least he called him a fucking point guard. That's true. And at least he's the backup point guard. He could easily be Trey Burke as a backup point guard. That's true, too. So, like, I'm I'm so pleased that Fisdale seems to be committing to Frank as the backup point guard. Like, he's going to come in every game to back up Moutier. Which one of them should be playing more? Who the who cares? As long as they're both getting major minutes, right? He called them a natural distributor. Dude, the whole beginning of the season, he wouldn't even put a position on Frank. He was guarding small forwards, power forwards. Seems like Fizdale's finally settling in. Or he has settled in. He has settled in. He's locked in on his point guard rotation. 
right? It's Moutier and Frank. Trey, I don't even know where Trey is on the bench. I don't see him at all. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey get thrown into one of these deals that's on the horizon, whether you know it's with Cantor. Um, I mean, he's the most likely to go, I think. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I think Trey is. I mean, say goodbye. He's got. Point. I mean, you got to think because it's not easy for a guy like Trey Burke in a contract year to just be sitting on the end of the bench. He's not making a ton of money. Yeah, and you see, you see Alonzo Trier, who you know last game got eight assists. You know, so I mean, Fizdale could have him in the back of his mind. Like, why do I need Trey Burke? Maybe if things don't go right with Nilakino or Moutier and I want to play around a little bit, you know, Trier could be my, you know, my um, distributor of the ball. That, that was the other thing in the game in London, that fourth quarter where we could not score. It took us so long to just score in that fourth quarter. I think we had 11 points the entire fourth. If he didn't play Trey Burke in that situation, a guy who comes off the bench and just scores at will when he does... Right, he's so itching to put the ball through the hoop because he hasn't played in forever. Anytime he comes in the game, I mean, I don't want to play Trey ahead of Moutier or Frank or Trier or any of these guys, honestly. But I'll give him this, that when he comes in the game, he's efficient scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can stop anyone on the other end. And he doesn't share the ball. But if they need points, like he's, he's as sure as they come on that team. Yeah, which, I mean, and... With all the work that we saw him put in over the offseason, I think Perry would think he's doing Trey Burke a favor by dealing him to another team because, like we see, there's really not a spot for him on this team. He's not the player that you want to grow this team around. You know, it just doesn't make sense um, and it doesn't fit. And you've got younger players with potentially more talent, with more well rounded games. Um, so I think Scott Perry's, you know, sees that as. as is doing him a disservice keeping him on this team. You know, he, it's better for Trey Burke to go somewhere else because there may be a slot and situational play, you know, that he could help a, a maybe a contending team somewhere somehow. Yeah, he's a good scorer off the bench, so I hope he finds a place. He's a good guy. It's just he's just in the wrong place right now. Yeah, but he can definitely help a team. Yeah, and, and, hey, the other th- and he'll he'll look back at the Knicks as a positive experience. I mean, it was his it was his second chance like launch off point, right? Where he yeah. kind of revitalized his career and that got things going. And then it, you know, triggered him to end up wherever it is. He's going to end up. Yeah. He came back from dead. Some team, you know, that doesn't, that just needs a little spark off the bench. Doesn't need to devote so many minutes to guys who are developing is going to find a good use for him. Yeah. The other thing that Fizdell spoke about today before the game was sort of cleared up, this whole Cantor Cornet Robinson situation. It's been a little confusing with Cantor as they, they like took him out of the starting lineup for Cornet. You know, he disappeared for a few games and he was, you know, and now he's back. Like, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be coming off the bench for big minutes? Is he going to end up starting again? But Fizdale said before the game that he's going to be focusing on Cornet and Robinson as their centers. And it sort of puts Cantor out of the rotation, but he's not totally out of the rotation. He got some time against Oklahoma City. Yeah, now, did something happen to Cornette? I know Cornette took a, like a, I guess it was almost like an elbow to the back, or he got hurt in the first half, Cornette's, but was that the Cornette reason why he his, 
Yeah, Cornette hurt his ankle okay. in the OKC game, which we'll get to the OKC game. But actually, x-rays came back, and I've never really heard this, but they weren't conclusive. <laughs> so he's going to get an MRI on his ankle. Supposedly, it's not serious, but they couldn't tell by the x-rays. So that might throw a whole wrinkle into this Cantor-Robinson-Cornette situation. But here, this is what Cantor said after the game about possibly being out of the rotation. I guess Fizdale spoke to him before the game about uh, what he was thinking. You have audio for this? You're going to read it. I have audio for this, dude. Oh, look at you. Coach was saying before the game that you guys talked when he came back here. He said part of the conversation was that where you guys are in the season, the priority now is to develop Luke and Mitch. And what did you take away from that conversation? I mean, of course, I was very disappointed. I mean, there is nothing to be happy about it, so I'm not happy. And uh, I'll definitely don't agree with the uh, decision, of course, because, I mean, every player, I mean, we are competitors, so everyone out there wants to play big minutes. And um, But, um, I mean, if you look at it whole whole year first 41 games I did not miss a game and um, I mean I did put me in a fourth or whatever uh, center rotations definitely hurts hurts a lot but I think right now all I can do is just try to go out there and uh, try to be a good teammate and just keep supporting my teammates and just try to help the young guys get better you see, you, see, you said in Denver you wouldn't demand a trade to Scott but when it's getting to this point, do you think you would change that mind? Uh, I mean, everybody, everybody know I love him. I love it here, man. I mean, I, I just saw one more day, one more time tonight that I, I went out there. It's like, it's like my home. I, I love it here. But uh, in the end, I want to play basketball because I, I miss playing basketball, man. And uh, I will let Scott and uh, my agent handle that stuff. So he's not happy, Barry. Of course not. Unhappy again. Of course not. But but maybe he's maybe he'll be back in now that Cor- Cor- Cornet's hurt. But. Right. I mean that's the whole thing I was thinking too. Like you know, it seemed like the writing was pretty much on the wall that before February seventh he was going to get dealt out. Right. Um, you know, Fizdale made it clear to him that where his priorities were. But then I started thinking, you know, we're going to be left with Cornet and Robinson. You know, which are really the only two players that can play center. Well, actually, that's not true. If I guess my question is this. If they dealt Cantor and Vonley, you know, because we know Vonley is a very valuable asset right now for us um, with the way yeah. he's playing, um, expiring deal because we was that one-year deal. So if they dealt Vonley and they dealt Cantor, which both are very probable to happen, then we're left with Cornette and Robinson alone. And when you only have two guys there at center, and then, yeah, something like this happens with an ankle, what, you know, you're, you're kind of screwed. What do you do at that point? Um, and I used to look at Cornette a little bit like a – KP light like most of us do and thinking he would play the four sometimes I don't even ma- I don't even mind if he only plays the five because it still works in our favor to stretch that floor out you know with his capability at the three which you know working in favor too so even if he was strictly playing the five Robinson strictly playing the five we know Robinson's prone to foul trouble he fouled out of another game you know against OKC last game um, so yeah I mean do you really does that mean that in one of those trades of Vonley or Cantor that you basically have to assure that you're getting at least a center back for those guys to protect yourself? I mean, I think ideally they would probably get a body back because, yeah, Cornette and Robinson is a very thin, thin front line. Right. Not we're, only we're, looking at a New York, we're looking at a New York Knicks team that was like full of centers 
a year ago. Right. 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 They, they had too many. Yeah, um, too many. We were just giving them away. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, I mean, there. I mean, Robinson runs into foul trouble and only seems to be able to play like fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Cornette plays center, but you know he's not a real fucking center. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, these next yeah, two weeks. Yeah, ideally we would get a big back, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna not take a deal because you're worried about the depth at center. Yeah, you know? I mean, these next you're two weeks gonna are gonna be very telling. Lots gonna happen. Conley. Lots gonna go down these next two weeks. There's gonna be a right. lot of uh, a lot of moving parts. I always get excited for the trade deadline, thinking we're gonna make a lot of moves. We're gonna get rid of a lot of vets, and nothing ever fucking happens. So I don't know what's gonna happen this year. Well, but this year they're kind of forced to, right? I mean they they've said over and over again that they're gonna make a push. You know, be in the running for a super max guy this summer. So to do that, I mean, you gotta do something. You gotta. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be contracts. forced into something. I mean, they've got to move guys. They're probably not moving guys right now because everyone knows they need to move guys. So nobody wants to give us anything. Right, and and, and right. although you know, Cantor and Vonley aren't guys you have to move to, you know reduce your cap space or any of that because they're expiring contracts. But those are guys that you want to move to at least maybe get something back that can turn into something, whether it's a, a future pick or whether it's somebody that can help you out that maybe you want to resign later. Um, but yeah, but among those guys to get something back for, yeah, then you've got these guys with these huge contracts like Hardaway, you know, that you want to unload yeah. like Courtney Lee, that's making more than he's earning because he's not playing. I think it's actually going to be very hard to move Cantor. I wouldn't be shocked if we just end up buying him out. Well, you know what it is? Because his contract is so big. His contract's so, bring so back, big. I mean, sort of try to match that. And he comes right? along with a lot of baggage. I mean, he was all over the media last week, which we've all, you know, all been, you know, well, like we've known about this whole thing, but it was really brought to national attention with, you know, going on Fox News and CNN and all over the place um, about getting death threats and about not being able to travel to the team because he's concerned for his life. That's a lot of baggage that you're going to carry with you to take to a team when, you know, yeah, you're going to give them good numbers on the offensive side of the ball if that's your style of play down low in the post. You're not giving them any defense. But to come along with all that, you know, the the antics on social media and stuff like that, like, you know, that goes on in every locker room. Every locker room's got a clown, right, that's going to be, you know, talking off their mouth. But but to come along, this is serious stuff that he carries with him, you know, coming to the other team. So that's definitely something they're going to look at and consider and say, look, you know, we, we don't need that type of attention. We don't need that type of drama. We don't need that, you know, element of danger surrounding our players. You know, we're here to protect yeah, but our that, players. But that attention is over now. I mean... That was all related to going to London. But it that wasn't. That's was why he was all over the TV. That's why he was all over the TV. But he faced, I mean, he's been facing that the last couple of years. You know, he might have been getting more death threats of late because it was brought to that, that forefront. But he had been getting death threats for years, you know, because of his involvement and because of his, you know, um, his outspokenness against uh, the Turkish government. So, I mean, that's not going away. You know, his family deals with that every day. And that was long before this London trip came about. You know, so it's that yeah, type I, of stuff. I just don't. I just don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's really gonna enter the minds of these NBA teams. If th- they think he can help them. Right. 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 I mean, but I think I, like they I look said, at I don't even. I don't know if we're gonna get much back, if anything. That supposedly that deal with Sacramento totally fell through. Right. Right. What do you think the the other players, like on on, his, on the other Nick players on the team, you know, think about the situation? Like we hear he gets thousands of death threats, right? Like, do you think that they're nervous 
or that they're concerned for their own safety, like being next to this guy, you know, like, like, it, <laughs> like if you're Ennis Cantor, right? Like, cause we know like he's not supposed to go eat alone, right? Or he's, people tell him that he's always should be around someone. So like, if you're Ennis Cantor, go ahead and ask me or, or tell me that you're going to lunch somewhere. Oh, we're doing this. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Good. You be Ennis Cantor and you're telling me you're All going right. to lunch. And you're Barry? Are you Barry? No, no. I'm, I'm fucking Tim Hardaway. Oh, hey, Timmy. We'll go get some burgers. Cheat day. You're, you're, you're going to get some burgers? Yeah, yeah. Yo, man, I don't, I don't think you should go get burgers alone, dude. You yeah, no, you're going to come with me. Oh, no, no, I'll no. Get, no, no. I, I, we'll I, get I, like, I'll get you like, we'll get like 15 burgers and uh, you come with me. Come on, let's go. No, Take you, my hand. You know, you know what? You know what? Today's, today's <laughs> gym day for me. I actually can't go. I got oh, go. to go to the gym. Shut up. Let's go. I can't. If you don't come with me, I don't know what's going to happen. So just let's go. I, I really can't skip today, man. I skipped the other day. I got to go to the gym, bro. You're on, you know, but, but you should get somebody. You should go with somebody. You shouldn't go by yourself, dude. But peace out. Like, like I wouldn't want to <laughs> go with him if he's getting death threats. <laughs> like, I understand he should not be alone, but like, I don't want to go. Come with on. Him. Are you, if I was getting death threats, Barry. And I... I would say I order wanted... in, dude. <laughs> Get Uber Eats. Don't go Come out on. in the restaurant. If I was getting death threats and I, I needed to get out the house like one day a month to just get out and I needed somebody to go with me to a meal, you're telling me you would just say, no, fuck, dude, just order in. You're, you're fine. Dude, you're like seven feet tall. It's a little hard to blend in. You I'm know? not seven. No, what? And how tall oh, is I was yeah, seven? F- yeah, you're Ennis Cantor, right? How tall is Ennis Cantor? Isn't he seven feet? <laughs> Whatever he is, it's hard to blend in. I would eat at home. So he has, I mean, you don't think he has security with him? I don't, he does I, have I don't security. Know. He always travels with security. That's true. That's true. I think he does. All right, so then he's not eating alone. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> what a fucking stupid... Well, there goes There goes. <laughs> there goes this play. whole five minutes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry to sit through that. How about that OKC game? We were down 20 in like two minutes. Yes. Starting unit. I mean, Fizz is gone with the starting unit. Doesn't play any D. Uh, defense was just full of holes. Knox was invisible. Mm-hmm. The only bright spots in the whole game were Frank. Robinson, just because he's fucking back. I love watching Robinson. Yep, changes that whole dynamic of the team. Yeah, Trier and Robinson. Like, I can't. Had a I can't wait for. Ro- I mean, I. I still like. I know Robinson can't stay out of foul trouble, but he needs to be starting. We need that D right off the bat. We may get. To, we may get there. He had eight point six boards. What two blocks in sixteen minutes? Had two great alley oops from Trier. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like you mentioned the first before, game we saw eight for Trier. I liked watching Alonzo and Frank together in the backcourt. How'd you feel about them? They they complement each other well, right? Yeah, they were fine. Like you said, Nilakina had a game. This is like another game where Nilakina wasn't scoring a ton, um, but he made a lot of the right moves. You liked what you saw from him. Um, a couple of them were in and outs. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he was four. He was four for twelve, but he had like three or four in and like 
real in it like they were yeah. in yeah, and yeah. Then they were out <laughs> right right i, I like love real, the last not the last these bullshit stretch. in and outs real in and out the last stretch of games for him i thought he came off really well i think he's been playing well um this is the you know i've been wanting to see and again if the shots don't fall the shots don't fall it doesn't really matter but you want to see yet but you want to see him you know making the right plays you want to see him being aggressive in spots you know um, he had a couple of good looks, uh, even dishing the ball. Yeah, he had that great look to Canner. No yeah. look. That great no look. Yeah. And his D. I mean, he, he had oh, yeah. some fire in his D that he hasn't, you know, that he hasn't had of late. Yeah, against PG-13, against Russell Westbrook. Yep. Or maybe you just see it more against these, like, these top-tier talents, you know, because nobody else on the team has any shot of guarding those two guys. And... So when Frank can clamp one down, even if it's just for a couple possessions, you're like, dude, you see what he's capable of. Because yeah. no one else could even come close to doing that once in the game. Yeah. Frank did it. He ended the first quarter on PG-13. Right. Just frustrating the hell out of him, poking it away. A couple times forces an awful shot from the sideline for three that George misses. And then the second quarter, he was on Westbrook to end the quarter, right? Yeah. And shut him down. That's right. So yeah, Frank gets beat sometimes and he has games where maybe you're you're like, oh, he isn't he's not as good defensively as I thought, but then he has these moments against guys that are dominant NBA players as a twenty year old. It's just it just reminds you what he's capable of and fans want to get down on him. All the Frank haters are gonna look at his box score from today and see four for twelve what, nine points, five assists, and be like, eh, all the Frank fans are going nuts about that game like it was the greatest game ever. But you see his potential in these games. Fisdale said before the game, in addition to what we already said, that, you know, everyone wants Frank to be the scorer, but he he's not that. You know, we got to see who he becomes, what he becomes. But he's, he's one of their top... Right, is he their best defensive player? Uh, I would say he's, yeah, I would say he's their best defensive player. Like he's right up, I mean, Mitchell has a chance to become, because he's so, you know, he impacts so many shots. Vonley's great, you know, he showed. But that's what makes Nilakina so much more impressive. I mean, Robinson, you know, just with his physical attributes, you know, makes him a great defensive player. And then, yeah, he's got, he's got instinct, but. What Nilakina does and the pressure that he puts on the offense is, you know, very is that much more impressive. You know, now the the whole thing is 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 his offense going to at least step up a little bit? You know, where you can deal with that because of the amount of defense he's giving you. And again, as a backup point guard, maybe it will, and maybe it'll blossom into more than that. But again, maybe. Maybe now that Fizz is saying, dude, you are the backup point guard, Frank can sort of settle in now. This hasn't been an easy year for Frank. Right. It's his second year in the league. And from the beginning, like, he was a point guard last year. And then for a majority of this season and before the season, Fizdell would not label him. He was like, he's, he could be a wing. He could guard one through four. You know, I'm not going to put a label on him. But Frank looked lost out there, you know? Maybe now that Frank finally knows what he is, 
He knows what his role is. He doesn't have to wonder, like, should I be bringing the ball up? Should someone else? Am I taking the point guard to someone else? Maybe we'll I'm. I think. I think that that can only help him. I mean, we'll see in the second half. I hope that the minutes that Fizdale handed out in the game against OKC is sort of a preview of what's to come. Right. You notice three guys on the team played 30-plus minutes. You know who they were? No. So Frank, Trier, and Vonley, the only Knicks who played over 30 minutes. Hardaway played 27. Moutier only played 18 But those three guys and, you know, Trier, another stat I thought was interesting was the Knicks had 25 assists as a team. That's high for them. Dude, 17 of them were from guys off the bench. Yeah. Trier and Nilakina had 13 assists between the two of them, mm-hmm. which is great for your, uh, like, backup backcourt. Yeah, here, here's the only thing with, with the bench. And I, like, I started thinking about this after our last podcast because our last podcast, we gave a lot of praise to the bench for like how many points they put up and how like like the plus minus for the bench guys versus the starters. And then it occurred to me, it's like the majority of this team is bench guys. Even the guys that are starting are kind of bench guys. So it kind of devalued it for me what the bench did. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Moutier yeah, could be th- a bench guy. I don't guy. think those numbers are impressive because they're bench guys. Right. It's just that those are not the guys that Fizdale's <laughs> choosing to fucking start. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There are, it's a whole team full of bench guys. Yeah. Even Timmy's a bench guy. Like he's a sixth man. Dude. It is so frustrating, man, lately. But Timmy, <laughs> the, the fucking shots he's launching. Yeah, for the rest of this fucking show, let's just talk about how annoying it is to have Timmy on this team. Oh my god! All right, dude, I love the fact that you get fucking that you draw charges. That's great, you know. You're you're third in the NBA in drawing charges. That's terrific. You got 16 of them this year. That's great. But dude, I what what's going through your head, man? What is going through your head? The 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 these. These shots that you're throwing up with with guys all over you. It's it's really really disconcerting because I mean we we've, we've, we've talked about it the last two years, and it's just not changing. He didn't even have that bad of a game today. He didn't. He didn't. But he started off, <laughs> which was shocking. But but his first few his first couple of three uh, three point attempts were just yeah. you know they were like three or four feet behind the arc. Hand in his face. It wasn't even like the shot clock was winding down. There was no reason for it. He's not getting to the line like he was. I mean, he, uh, hats off to Trier. You know, besides the eight assists that we already mentioned, another you know compliment to him is the fact he got to the line ten times. I mean, that's great. And he was ten for ten. You know, that's what you want out of yeah. out of these players. You know, the we, fact that Tim Hardaway has got this. You know, guaranteed starting spot on this team is just mind-boggling to me. It's like you got this tool bag that has great tools in it that you can use really well. And it's like you keep going to the fucking stupid tool that's not working right. Right? But you got you got the perfectly good screwdriver in there. Use it! You got that hammer. It works great. 
Drive the lane. Do that. Are you Why are you I'm, taking... I'm, you're talking about Timmy's toolbox or the Knicks about, have no, tools I'm talking there. about Tim Hardaway's toolbox. I think he drives to the lane really well. I think okay. if he doesn't finish driving to the lane, at least he'll get to the line. And yet he's depending on that three-point shot. He wants to be like this premier three-point shooter in the league, and it's just not happening. It's not going to happen. Right. You got the open three, take it. But to force up these contested shots... It's it's insane. So is Fizdale doing anything about this? Is he? Are they saying to Timmy? I don't know if he's dude, afraid to say something. I don't know what it is. You are shooting thirty nine percent from the field this season. Try to get a little closer. Drive the fucking ball. Because we have other shooting guards who can shoot better than thirty nine percent from the field. So why is Timmy in there automatically? Why isn't Dotson getting more minutes? Why isn't Trier getting more minutes? What's Hardaway bringing to the table night in and night out that makes it worth having a guy shooting under 40% from the field starting automatically? The only thing we can hope for as Knicks fans is that and that was like why I was I mean I was pleased with today's game that he scored 23 points in 27 minutes was that maybe he can we, we gotta fucking move this guy we have to move him even that deal for Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley Matthews and involved Frank I was a tiny even though I would not do that deal <laughs> a tiny part of me was like but you do get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> is that worth losing whatever Frank could become one day, then it might be. I lean, the, I lean towards no on that. But it's very close because Tim is that. It's not that he's that bad, but his fucking salary just makes him awful for and, what he gives you. And he's not doing other things to like make up for it. You know, it's not like he's no. this elite defender that it's like, okay, I could deal with him taking those shots because he's giving us this. It's just not, it's not there. No, he's, he's on a team, like we said, full of bench players, and he thinks he's not a bench player. He thinks he's a star. And, dude, he's no better than anyone else on the team. He thinks he's Steph Curry. Before, before we wrap this up, there's, there's something very important I wanted to talk about just briefly. So Let's stop the music? Minute. Oh, stop, stop the, music. the music. Stop the music because this is very important. Let's just take a second. <laughs> all right. There's something very serious it? that we want to talk to you all about today. Something that affects thousands of Nick fans every day. Autocorrect. This isn't a, like a canter joke again. No, no, I wouldn't go there. All right. But it does affect thousands of Nick fans every day, and this is autocorrect. We're here to tell you that you are not alone. Each day, whether we are texting or tweeting, our phones continue to change the word Nicks to Knox. Is it simply because the I and the O are next to each other on the keyboard that Apple thinks I made a mistake? Or is it because we as Knicks fans get no respect? Come on, Apple. Siri can translate a language and find a parked car, but can't figure this out? No, 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 no. Not did you watch the Knox game. Not who's your favorite Knock. This epidemic has got to stop. Autocorrect. 
please <laughs> keep the eye in Nick's. Okay, is that it? That's all I have to say. All right, let's roll this fucking music it. then. And I know I could go into really, settings. Is and that could, really bo- is that really bothering you, dude, Barry? I look. I'm a Knicks fan. I tweet about it. I, I text you about it. And every fucking time I do it, it, it changes to Knox. It bothers me. I know I could go into settings and I could fucking type it yeah, out and say off, change t- it. Take off your autocorrect. I dude. shouldn't. But then it affects all my other. I like having autocorrect for the other things. You know what I mean? You know what does drive me nuts though. On my computer, it always autocorrects when I type Fizdale to Fizzle. It does? Drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> like, no, not fucking Fizzle. And then, you know how many times I've sent out, like, the description to iTunes for this show? David Fizzle. And it's like, you know, Fizzle talks about Frank Frank or whatever. I'm like, fuck! Fucking auto... I don't even catch it half the time. Right. Always to Fizzle. So, Apple, if you're listening to this podcast, fix that shit, too. That's right. What the fuck? Who uses the word fizzle so much? Snoop Dogg. Does he? I don't know. He says for shizzle. Maybe he says fizzle. Nizzle, shizzle, jizzle. I don't know about fizzle. For fizzle, my nizzle? (laughs) For fizzle, my nizzle. All right. Reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at hardnickslife. Call us at five one. Oh, we did get one phone call. I should mention this. Are we gonna play it or no? No, because you know what? I'm just gonna tell you what the guy said. Okay. You know, I'll play it. Usually, I'll fuck it. I'll. You pretty much have said before, like you call us, we're gonna fuck play it. I'll it. play it. You like? I asked everyone. I don't know why I did this, but it was in this whole Nets versus Knicks fury on Twitter that I was doing, and I told everyone to call, tell us who owns the city. Right. Not like it's... We all know who owns the city. Right, but you wanted to but hear... I just thought... I was like, nobody ever calls us. I was like, maybe if I gave a purpose, people would call us. So one dude called us and said this. The Knicks. That's all he said. Knicks. She said the Knicks. Oh, that's... So, <laughs> what the fuck? That's it. <laughs> Come on, really? You fucking that's took all... the time to dial the phone and call the number? And that's yeah, all you're going to num- give us? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Look at how angry you got, Barry. Because! Took you more time to dial the number than to leave your fucking message. Totally! Come on, but, dude. But he is the one who called Barry, so do you want, really want to give him that hard of a time? I mean, that's half the battle, is dialing the number, but come yeah. on. You're already, you're already there. Your foot's in the door. Jesus. So call us, right? What's the number, Barry? 516-33-MESH-1. Right, you want to do that like, since we're on YouTube now, you could do that like you're on American Idol, you do. 33. 33. What's mesh? Like Mesh, like, like this. That. Or you can just draw out the letters like this. Mesh. Okay. One. Think any... Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. And what else? What's the schedule, Barry? You got the schedule in your notebook? I got the schedule right here, motherfucker. Right, right, spit right it in out. the cranium. So Wednesday, Houston's coming to town. We got that yeah. bitch Harden. And then on Friday, I don't, I don't <laughs> oh, like Harden. You don't like that bitch Harden? I hate Harden. I hate James Harden. And then oh, on- And they're going to, they they just, uh, oh, here's they some. just picked up Kenneth Fareed, which every Knicks fan has wanted for the past, like, four years. And then uh, Friday night, we're in Brooklyn against the Nets. I'll be there in-house at mm. Brooklyn. Can I just tell you this? 
So I, I was you know, looking where I'm going to buy my tickets from for the Brooklyn Nets game because they're playing the Knicks Friday night, and I've never been to Barclays Center, so if I'm going to go to Barclays, why not see them play the Knicks? Now up on my like Facebook feed, I'm getting like po- sponsored posts from yeah. the Nets all the time. It's so fucking frustrating. Here I am in Knicks, but I'm getting Nets messages all the time only because you know I, I search for the Nets to buy tickets there. Fucked up. Internet is a smart thing, Barry. It's a hard Knicks life, man. It is a hard Knicks Yet life. another reason. Fuck the Nets, dude. VIP shout out, Arno Lysans. I almost forgot. I know. What's up, Arno? What's up, dude? All the way from Latvia. And uh, that's going to do it, dude. Have a good time at the game. Yeah, man. I'm going with my son. Friday night. Yeah, you, t- you tell me how many Knicks fans are in the stands for that one. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I orig- normally I would think there would be more, more Knicks fans than Nets fans, but now that the Nets are playing well, I'm thinking like these Nets fans are coming out of the clockwork. And that uh, is that an expression? Out of the clockwork. Uh, out of the clockwork. Out of the. Clockwork. I'm not sure. I'm not. They're coming out of something. They're coming out of somewhere. Yeah, but um, so yeah, we'll New see. Jersey. I'll let you know if there's more Knicks fans or Nets fans. We'll be in our our Nick gear for sure. Both show. Yeah. One Nets fan told, said that, you know, fuck Nets. Fuck the Nets fans. Enough, they, they've gotten them. enough talk on this podcast. Got, you know, enough. Why am I even... I don't even worry about the Nets. I don't even know they exist until I see a tweet like that back page talking about the only basketball show in town. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. The, Nick, the Nets exist. Give me a fucking break. I'm all, I'm all like... I'm all going nuts about it, Barry. Don't. It's a hard Nick's life. Yep. Guys, I'm telling you, this is where we want to be, right, Barry? Totally. This is where we want to be. We yep. want to lose. We're happy. We're at peace. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yep. This is good. That's right. This is good. Just keep telling yourselves that, guys. Yep. This feels miserable, but it's very good. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be back with you guys very soon. You know, a week or less. Who? You and me. <laughs> oh. We Who? I don't know, you know. You never know, honestly. You might just one day, you'll just never hear from us again. That's right. You never know when the next Hard Next Life you is going to drop, and you never know when yeah. it's going to disappear. We might disappear, so take advantage of us right now. You know, share us. Tell your friends. Leave us reviews and subscribe to us everywhere. YouTube, iTunes. This is the longest goodbye ever. <laughs> right. But maybe I hope this, this is fucking fu- song is on a loop, and that you don't have to constantly hit, you know, replay. It's on a never-ending loop. Barry. That's great. So is my Knicks fandom. Right. It's a hard Knicks life. Later, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.